0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now
1: from the App Store and Google Play.
2: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening. That means lean the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, how have you been since we spoke last week?
0: Well, apart from Spurs, Dan, all good. But I'm afraid this weekend and and that final has kind of broke me a little, to be honest. Um, And I'm sure we'll get into that as the hour goes. But I think we probably all need this therapy session.
2: Absolutely, mate. I think we're going to be on that same vein. But we've got an hour to kill. So let's crack on. James, you're with us as always. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll hit the nail on the head. We're all feeling, feeling a little bit deflated, um, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have got plenty of time to get it off our chests.
2: Well, we're going to be deflated, but there's a man who always brings that energy. It's Patrick. You're back in the fold. How are you, mate?
3: Oh man, I'm feeling okay. Ah. Man, I can't. I know. I know. I can't even. I can't even cite myself. up to bring the energy this time around, man, for obvious reasons. So hopefully, as the pod goes on, I'll, I'll get a bit more. You know, energy there, but yeah, I'm I'm down in the dumps, man, for obvious reasons. So, yeah,
2: I feel yeah, it's understandable. So I won't I won't hold it against you tonight, mate. But before we chat, whinge, moan, etc., let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect Sunday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common News app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at c o i s underscore c o m. We're on all the major audio platforms. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it sorted for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And that business, Carl, is another defeat in a final. And as always, it's the hope that kills you. Then again, on the evidence of that performance, what hope did we really have on Sunday?
0: Yeah, that's right, Dan, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know. first of all, we we say, don't we, we all kind of, I don't think any Spurs fan was going into the final feeling confident um, of getting a result, to be honest. You know, I think we all went in kind of fearing, fearing the worst. But as you say, you, you kind of have that little bit of hope, don't you? That, well, you know, maybe we can just do this. You know, other teams have done it in the past, uh, the underdogs, maybe we can. You know, so the day starts, doesn't it, you know, and... I probably a bit like everyone else started getting in the mood, you know, put a flag out you know, on my window, listen to a bit of some of those classic Chaz and Dave Cup final songs and start thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, come on, you know, it's a final, anything can happen. We just got to turn up, play well, and who knows? Um, but to be honest, that was kind of crushed pretty quickly, wasn't it, into the game when, you know, the, the pattern was set for how the game was going to go. Um, And like I say, the performance was just abject in the end, wasn't it? It was like you've got to a final, you may as well be brave and go for it. You also kind of think you've sacked a manager whose potential game plan in that final would have been to sit back, soak up and maybe hit on the break. Um, and And if you don't think that that sort of tactic or way of playing is the way you want to go forward in the sense that you're going to sack the bloke just before the final, then you kind of hoped you were going to go into the final with a different mentality and kind of think, well, we may as well take the game to him and be a little bit brave. Yes, you're not going to be stupid, but we're going to be slightly braver than we were under the previous guy. But to be honest, I think we we must be the only team that sacked Jose Mourinho to go and put in the ultimate Jose Mourinho performance um, on the day. We said before, didn't we, that the one thing I felt a little bit more confident about leading up to the final was that with Jose gone, we might be a bit braver. Um, and, and it just was the complete opposite. I mean, we were timid. We And we, you could see, we were scared. That was a team that was scared on Sunday. You know, they were scared of what the opposition to do. They were terrified in possession and on the ball. Um, and ultimately, 1-0 doesn't tell you the whole story of that game and how one-sided it was. And it's just, again, it's another performance that we'll get into as we go along. But it's a performance that, that now after that, I, I can't see, I, I don't want to watch another Spurs game this season because I, I don't want to watch those players anymore. There's no enjoyment in it. You're watching piss-poor players, you know, brain-dead, thick players Um, who make the same mistakes week in, week out. And I just can't put myself through it anymore. You know, I spend the whole game just going, oh, what has he done? Oh, for fuck's sake, what's he doing there? Um, And it's just not enjoyable anymore. And you just sit there and think, you know, I'm not sure I can put myself through another 90 minutes of that this season because for me, that's it now. The season's done. I think we'll just be playing out the remaining fixtures we're not getting top four. Any, anyone who's potentially sitting there thinking there's still a chance of top four, you are living in cloud cuckoo land. Um, this team is not getting top four at all. We'll be lucky if we can even get six or seventh. the way things, for me, are looking. Um, and, and yeah, it's just put a real dampener on it, but I just wasn't expecting that sort of dire performance.
2: So James, it's another bitter pill to swallow, not only in the context of that trophy drought that continues, but just the season in itself. And I guess if anyone was hoping for that Ryan Mason fairy tale, you'd have to say, really, he was outfoxed by a great manager, arguably one of the greatest managers ever to play and manage the game. So really, in that aspect, it was kind of a man versus a boy, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't think that the finger can necessarily be be pointed at Mason. He, uh, he, He obviously showed his lack of experience at times. Um, but ultimately, it's 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 the players, not all the players, um, but but certain individuals who, who have let the team down. Um, and you know, a lot, a lot, as Carl said, a lot of it at the time it is the the usual suspects. It's the people who, whenever they get the ball, with, are thinking, "Oh, for God's sake, what are you going to do next?" But also a, a couple of players who uh, who who really let themselves down. Players who you know we know that they're very very good players when they turn up, but they but they didn't turn up. You know, obviously, Sissoko is absolutely nowhere for for, for the goal. Uh, Serge Aurier doing what Serge Aurier does in conceding a, a needless set piece when there was no danger. Um, but then players like Sonny, you know, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk in depth about Sonny later. But he 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 really you know, let himself down, let let the team down because he's the one of the players that we were looking at to to bring something to the game, and and yeah, he, he, he just looked terrified from the off. So, uh, you know, in, in answer to your question, Dan, yeah, you're absolutely right. Guardiola um, got it right, but there wasn't much for him to do, really. He he had a team full of technically very, very gifted footballers um, who, who at the end of the day, they, they stepped foot on that pitch knowing that they weren't going to lose that game. Whereas we, we had a team full of, uh, you know, there's a couple of average footballers and a couple of very good footballers, but they don't seem to be playing with any kind of Confidence or any kind of style, and 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 in on uh, in contrast to the Man City players, they stepped foot on the pitch, um, thinking about where they were going to put their runners-up medal in the house because they they know they they weren't going to win that game, and it's it's a shame. Um, I think we were hoping for a lot more in the in the in the in the vein that Mason would would let these guys off the off the shackles and. Uh, and we we kind of see that a bit of anti-Merino football. Now I think we were all all a bit worried that if Tottenham go health for leather here, then they're going to get really battered because they're going to get left exposed at the back. So I think we were just hoping for a, a kind of happy medium, um, you know, nice and solid at the back, nothing too expansive. But then when we break, we break in numbers, we break with our, you know, with our uh, with our special players in the, in the final third. But we we just it, we never got started. Uh, And I don't think there was ever a point during that game where where I thought, yeah, we're going to go and nick the winner here. It was kind of just a a matter of if and when City are going to get the goal. um, And that's going to kill the game. Uh, It was probably a little bit later than we all expected. But uh, at the end of the day, that's that's exactly what happened.
2: So, Patrick, in any cup final, or Tottenham cup final, that is, you want your team to leave nothing behind. And if the kitchen sink is thrown at the opposition and you come up short, obviously you'll bemoan the fact you're not celebrating silverware, but you can have few complaints. However, when you look at Old Wembley offering on Sunday, it's very difficult to see which players actually stood up to be counted.
3: Um, yeah, I agree. As a collective, I definitely agree with you. I think, saying that, Hugo Lloris had a great game. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Hugo Lloris looked really good, and he's looked as since Ryan Mason's come in. That was a keeper who really put in a performance. I, I, I think, and you, you may laugh at this, but Eric Dyer had a great game as well. And so so did Toby Alderweireld. I know they had to do a lot of defending. But to be fair, this is one of the first games I've seen in a while where we, where we didn't look shaky at the back. We actually, even though it was wave after wave of, you know, attacking intent for Man City, we actually looked quite uh, solid at the back. Uh, and We looked quite comfortable dealing with what they were throwing at us. So I think defensively, uh, well, the centre-backs anyway, and Jugo Lloris uh, can hold their heads up. Other than that, yeah, it was... It wasn't great. I think Lucas Moura also put a shift in. Uh, Whenever he received the ball, he was running at players. He was trying to make things happen. And he he had their centre-backs on toast. And they were in big trouble. And to be fair, the referee bottled the game. I think the the game was too big of an occasion for him because uh, both of their centre-backs should have had early yellow cards because they couldn't contain Moura. And I think the referee let the occasion get to him because when you pull a player back, regardless of how early in the game it is or regardless of what type of game it is, it's a yellow card. And um, him not giving uh, Laporte that first yellow card uh, in the first half, that kind of cost us, I think, uh, going into the second half um, of the game. So, yeah, other than our centre-backs and Hugo Lloris and, and possibly Lucas Moura, who I was surprised got subbed off because he was probably our most offensive you know, well, basically, he was our most dangerous player. Yeah, no one else can really say they had a good game or can really say they left it all out on the pitch, which is all you can ask for in a cup final. I mean, yes, we weren't the favourites. Yes, Man City, of course, are one of the most dangerous teams out there. But we've seen many an upset in a cup final. I mean, even Swansea have won the League Cup before and they weren't the favourites in that game. But, you know, like you said, you leave it all on the pitch. And then if you lose the game, fair enough. But when you have four, five, six players that pretty much don't look like they really want to be there or just look scared and timid. And, uh, you know, it's you're, you're not going to win a game, especially against such a good team as Man City.
2: Now, Carl, of course, it's not really time for scapegoats, but there are going to be scapegoats. I think collectively, we've said on this show that our squad lacks intelligence. Football intelligence, we don't have really any. And that Massive lapse of concentration, nine minutes to the end, was ultimately our undoing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we've said it so many times before, haven't we, over the course of a season. You know, I'm tired of watching defenders at this club who just go steaming through the back of a player. Um, and and they'll say they're trying to win the ball, but you've got to be smarter than that. You know, there is a time as a defender where you can let an attacking player have the ball and just go, right, I don't need to tackle him at the moment. He's going away from goal or he's not in a dangerous position. So I'll let him have it. I just need to now shadow him, stand him up and ask him a question to do something. But it seems like most of our defenders, and I'll reel off Doherty, Aurier, Regulon has become just as bad at it as the rest of them sanchez they 're all players who give away so many needless free kicks in a game of football just by steaming through the back of a player um, when they don 't need to or that player isn 't in a dangerous position and then you give them the chance to swing the ball into the penalty area. I think there was a free kick in the at the first half. We're just outside the penalty area, suddenly we go steaming through the back of a player to give them a free kick. And when you're looking at a team that have got the likes of Mares, De Bruyne on the pitch, Gundogan, you're just saying, please don't give these geezers a free kick around the box because they have got players who can punish you for it. Um, and again, you're looking at the goal. Sterling gets the ball and he's going towards the touchline and near the corner flag you just need to stand him up in that position don't do nothing stupid and ask him the question, what can you do? But what does old brain dead Aurea do? No, I'll go steaming through the back of you. I'll give you the free kick. And ultimately, that's what leads to the goal. And I know we can sit there and a lot of people jump to that first excuse of, oh, well, Laporte shouldn't be on the pitch still. No, he shouldn't, maybe. But at the end of the day, if you don't give that needless free kick away, you don't concede that goal. And ultimately... This has cost us on so many occasions this season with brain-dead defenders that do it. And the fact this happens so often tells you that those players will never learn because they haven't got a football brain amongst them. Um, and Aurier, i I like to say, if he was my only fullback at the club, I still wouldn't fucking play the geezer. I, you know, I'd, I'd put a fucking cone out at right-back and say, listen... That cone will be more effective than you at the weekend. You know, we must have a youth player who's probably been more useful. You know, what's happened to Tanganga?
2: Exactly. He had a few good
0: games at right back. And yeah. at least you know he ain't going to be stupid or reckless the way Aurier is. I mean, in the first half, Aurier sells himself on Sterling in the penalty box by running off the pitch and letting Sterling drag it back onto his good foot, which nearly cost us a goal. Um you, it, it's just these same things that these same players are doing. Regulon on card for diving into that stupid tackle in the first half. You could see he was never going to win the ball. You're just thinking, right, just stand up, just stand up. No, I'll go hurtling in, get myself booked. And again, they've got an opportunity to sling the ball into the penalty box. Um, they're just players who are never going to learn. They're always going to do it because, like I say, they don't have football brains, you know, and when you've got players like that and especially when they're even more so when they're all your defenders you can't win football games because those blokes are going to cost you games every week like they do almost um and ultimately say it comes to cost you because if you give a team like city with their players enough chances to sling balls into the box at one point they're going to hit the mark with one the way they did um and it's just so frustrating because you know i can't believe That, given the fact that these football clubs have supposedly the best football brains in the business, we can see it week in, week out. Why can't they? And why isn't someone going to these blokes, listen, you know, when a bloke gets the ball, yeah, you don't need to fucking steam into the back of him because you give him free kicks away, you fucking idiot. So stand up. You can still defend well by standing up. But. Maybe they are doing that on the training ground, but people like Ori just will never learn. And like but I say, Cole, I'd, I'd give him away at the end of the season. I'd yeah. give him away.
1: You've you, you messaged this to me and Dan months ago. Do you remember? Yeah, I
0: remember ago. a game where Doherty went through the yeah. back of someone when it was like, we had three blokes around him. He was cornered and now you've given him the easy out by steaming through the back of him and but he not, gets a free kick.
1: Not only are we meant to have the best football brain, you know, footballers in, in the country, we're also meant to have the best coaches, the best, you know, the best backroom staff. Surely that's something that they have to have highlighted and said, look, guys, why are we giving away so many stupid free kicks? Because it's not only that, that we're conceding the free kicks, it's also that they're the, we're also the worst team in the league at defending from them. So, you know, it's, it's not just that, oh, we're giving away too many free kicks. We're giving away too many free kicks in the same areas. And then we're bloody conceding from them too.
0: Well, what cracked me up, James, when you see the clip, now we're a zonal defending team, right, which I, I don't know how people haven't learned this maybe isn't the way to go, this zonal. When you watch the free kick come in, Eric Dyer is marking Raheem fucking Sterling, a midget. Why is one of your centre-halves on a winger? When the six foot four defender coming in to head the ball hasn't, you know, that's the bloke you should be marking. And you know, he got
1: a 10-yard run up as well.
0: Yeah, he's got a 10-yard run. You're, none of you are alert. But your main centre, one of your main centre-halves is marking Sterling, a winger, a small bloke who airily you're saying, he ain't worrying me We're on an aerial front. So I don't need to put... You know, Son can mark him. You know, any any smaller guy, midfielder, can mark him. But that six-foot-four centre-half who's going to come running in, I need one of my two centre-halves on him. I need my best letterer of a ball to mark that bloke. And again, ultimately, and as you said, James, this cost us all season from set plays. It started on the first day of the season against Everton. That was given a needless free kick away and conceding. And it's going to carry on all through to the end of the season. And you do say... Who were the coaches that are looking at this and can't rectify it? The same coaches that can see we're fucking shit at set plays and can't work us out and go, right, we need to improve on this all season. Um, and it's the same coaches who are watching these blokes make the same mistakes. And I can't believe no one's sitting down in front of these blokes and showing them these clips of these free kicks going, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you going through the back of him there? And, and get an explanation from the player. What are you doing? Can you not see he's surrounded by three of us there and you've just given him an easy out and, and, you know, now they can pump the ball forward. But like I say, maybe they are, but maybe these blokes are just so thick that it don't go in. But you can't win anything like that. And, and ultimately, it, it's cost us and it will keep costing us until those blokes are just shipped out. And that's why, like I say, you've, we've got to learn. Get rid In the summer, I don't care whether he has to go on a free, but get Aurier out of this club and players like him, because until you do, you can't win anything.
2: Patrick, I'm going to ask you that question in a moment. James, I'm just going to come to you, because the player at biggest fault for that goal, everyone's seen the clip, it's quite well notated as to what happens, to Sissoko, and I think if Tottenham fans have learned anything, managers new and old have to stop bringing him on as a mechanism to change the game, it simply doesn't work. And when you factor in the fact that, directly or indirectly, he's now cost us two finals,
1: surely he must be on the scrap heap come the summer. Surely, surely. And you know, it's, maybe it's a bit harsh to tell him he's cost, he Tell us that he's he's cost us two finals because you know there's been a lot of a lot of mistakes and there's been a lot of things that have gone gone wrong. Not many that have gone right in these cup finals. But but obviously, Sissoko he he is one of those players that Carly's ranting about with, with no footballing brain. Uh, and, and you know, he, he just doesn't seem to have any kind of awareness. And it, it, it's, it's like, I've said it before in the season, I think it was after the Chelsea game. We, when you're playing with him, you're playing with a man, Lex. Unless, and what, what is he good for? He used to be good at covering the fullback. That's what he used to come on for. Um, but for some reason, when we, when we bring on someone like Bale, Instead of instead of saying, "Look, Gareth, if you're going to play on the right wing, you need to track back," because I'm sure he'd do it, then then but we instead we say, we we bring on Susoko to cover the winger. You know, if that's the case, if you're worried about that, then you need to, you need to reassess because what is the point in if, in bringing on a footballer if you have to just bring on another footballer to cover them? It makes no sense. And, and do you know what? It's it's Mason to be fair who, who was shown his his complete. Inexperience there, and I don't want to go after the guy because you know he, he's he's a proper Tottenham bloke, he's Tottenham through and through. But he's, are we, it, and already after one game we're questioning. Look, is this guy really a manager? Because clearly, you know, if you've got any football brain, you think in Tottenham we, we're knocking the ball around the back four, but City are pressing well, and and we can't get the ball through midfield. There's no one in midfield who's showing himself short. Winks is is hiding. Hoiberg is, is, is hiding to an extent, but he's also not good enough on the ball to, to move it through midfield. And, and it, it was almost as if we were looking for uh, a player who in centre midfield, and his best trait is getting the ball in midfield and moving it through midfield. Oh, if only we had someone like that. We've got £65 million and Don Bele on the, on the bench. Why not bring him on? Because he also does the defensive work as well. That goes under the radar. Um, but instead, it's Sissoko, yet another player who 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 can't use his feet, and he's and to make matters worse, he's brought on. Was he brought on for La Celso as well? So that's yes, that's another player who comes off the pitch who 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 can't use his feet, um, and 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 lo and behold, we we after that, I don't I don't think we we created anything. Um, it it makes no sense, and and Dan, hopefully he is on the scrap heap. Hopefully someone comes in, someone in France, someone. Anyone comes in and and takes a takes a punt on him and and, and you know and takes him off our hands because I, I even the start of this season uh, I looked at, at what Sissoko had started as when he came from Newcastle then what he became and to me it earned him a place in the squad fair enough he's a he's a squad player he'll make a he'll make a good player to to come off the bench but it's not even that anymore how is how is he a game changer how is he, what is he going to do that's going to change the game for you especially when you know you're you're thinking of chasing a goal maybe or hitting a hitting a team on the counter attack which is what we were, that was our biggest hope was hitting a team on attack on the counter but he, he, we've got a player there who who can't move the ball you you don't trust him on the ball and I, I don't know about you guys but i can see it in the other players on the pitch you know they'll look at him and in, instead of giving him the ball, like they would give another player a ball, they think twice about giving it him, so the hesitation is there it It absolutely killed us it absolutely killed us. Um, whether we 'd have, we'd have got anything out of that game, regardless is, is, an, is another story, but he he cannot be at tottenham next season, and if he is at Tottenham next season, he cannot be a, an integral part of this of this squad because he he like like many others in the team. They just—they're not built to play football. They're not built to play at the highest level of football. They're—they're there. They're, they're at because are because of their athletic ability, and most uh, Sissoko. You, you wouldn't trust him to, to make a, a five-yard pass, let alone a defence-splitting pass that's gonna that's gonna set us up on a counter-attack. So he's got to go.
2: Now, Patrick, if you were looking through the squads, you see on Twitter sometimes people put as many as ten names in their "I want them out" list. And to be honest, it's not a million miles off the kind of names that you suggest. Ten's probably quite an extreme number, but we all know the club's M.O. We're not going to sell 10 players in the summer. We're not going to buy 10 players in the summer. So this really is going to be quite a lengthy and painful rebuild if it's ever going to happen.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, we need a lot of players out. We really do. And it really worries me because have we ever been a club that is that I'm trying to think of the word like productive when it comes to a transfer window. Proactive, exactly. And on the front foot, moving players on before, you know, everyone else starts getting busy. We seem to always wait until everyone else has done their business or leave. He's always asking for top dollar for a player and it drags and drags and drags. Or he's not obviously giving... uh, uh, the fees that, that the club want in terms of your Bruno Fernandeses or, you know, your Diaz's or your screeners And it drags on and drags on and drags on and they may sign a new deal or they go elsewhere. So we have so many players that we need to actually get out of the club. To be fair as well, to the players as well, I think their cycle with the club is done. They've been to so many semifinals, so many finals they are broken as well. And they need a revamp. They need a restart. You know, your Harry Winkses, your, even I'll put Eric Lamella in there, your uh, Auriers, your Suzokos. Um, I mean, there's so many, isn't there? Uh, Eric Dyer, I'd put him on the scrap list as well. I'm sorry. I know he had a good game yesterday, but is he really the answer at centre-back? I don't trust him. I think most of you guys don't trust him as well. Uh, over the course of a season, he's not been good enough as well. Um, it just yeah, all, all the way down through the core, the middle of the spine. Uh, defensively, mm, I mean, even Delhi Ali, I, I I wouldn't want to sell him, but I could understand if we actually cash in on him. Because, again, this season, if you look at the whole of the season, he hasn't been good enough also. And um, the goals and assists have completely dried up from him. He came on yesterday and I was like, you know, I was happy that he came on. But I could see it in his face. He didn't really look like he was about to do anything or that he was really up for the challenge. So I think for him as well, he needs a change of scenery. And it's just, yeah, throughout the club, it's just, yeah, the squad is, um, the thing is, I do think as well, Jose Mourinho, he is a master of deflection and he is a master of the arts and he always makes the team and the squads that he's at look a lot worse than they are. So it looks like he's the saviour and everyone else is rubbish. So I do in that respect think that the squad is better than what we're performing at, but it is time for a change and a lot of these guys do need to be moved on. I think uh, from the team that Ryan Mason last played in, we still got six or seven of the guys still there. And that tells you all you need to know about this team. It's, it's quite stagnant and um, it's gone stale. And the fact that we still got, you know, five, six, maybe seven players that Ryan Mason last played with tells you that it's time for a revamp.
2: OK, then, Carl, let's stay on that topic because if we consider these names that have been banded about in the last couple of minutes, in footballing terms, they're pretty much scrap metal and you don't really get a lot of money for scrap metal in the transfer market. So if these names do go somehow we sell 10 it's not really going to buy 10 players back the way to get money in is to sell one of the crown jewels now obviously everyone talks about harry kane and whether he moves on etc etc but a lot of people are talking at the moment of sadio mané being sacrificed by liverpool to regenerate their team could you see hwang min song play the same role for tottenham
0: um, after sunday <laughs> yeah <laughs> well <laughs> after that performance yesterday um The trouble is, you you hit the problem, don't you? Like, as we're saying, Dan, given we're a limited squad anyway, if you took Sonny and Kane out of that squad this season, we honestly would have been in a relegation battle, wouldn't we? Um, So you don't want to give up these players. Um, It's okay giving up one if you've got four or five around them. Now... We maybe made the mistake, didn't we, underpot when we had the, had the great 11 that we had, where maybe at that point the time was to be brave and sell one of those players for a higher high value, you know, maybe an Ericsson at the time or someone like that for the highest value you could get and potentially then pump that money in and then add three or four around that um, and you might have been able to move on. The problem we've got now, as you say, is given the fact of the dross that we got in this squad um, and the fact that you're talking, you've only really got two real what you call star players and possibly game changers, getting rid of one of them, I wouldn't trust this club and the board and the recruitment team to bring in players who could give you the same effect on the pitch. That, you know Everything they've brought in so far are flops. You know, reality, they're flops. You know, we all sit there and say, oh, Ndombele, he's a baller because he's done a pirouette in a game. But he's not creating chances left, right and centre, week in, week out and scoring goals. Um, You know, a baller is a player like Foden who no one can get near. Um, And and he does the business with the ball, you know, by carving open defences time after time and, and setting up and scoring goals. So I don't think you can afford to get rid of one of those two crown jewels, because in my opinion, if you get rid of one of them two, you're in big, big trouble next season. Um, but we may have to do it. And I, you know, you honestly could sit there and think, I don't think we probably have a choice with one of them, because I do think that this final again on Sunday could be another now in the coffin of like, well, listen, I may need to move on if I really want to um, compete and win things as a footballer. Um, and we all know who we're talking about. No one likes anyone talking about this, and everyone seems to get really fed up when Sky and that talk about it, but it's a reality, you know, the guy, you know, we're all talking about Kane, the guy is criminally missing out given his talents, and you do wonder how long you can hold on before thinking this side ain't going nowhere, When um, we've seen it far too often in the past, Based on Sunday, though, with Son, I've been very disappointed with Son for quite a while this season because he's great if you're playing a team, you play a high line, and he can get in between them and get through the back, and then he's one-on-one with a goalkeeper. Brilliant. How often have we seen him this season, though, get a ball and take people on and cause problems by taking full backs on, you know, going on mazy runs? And Sunday was a prime example of what Son has become lately, where, in my opinion, he shirks responsibility. He gets the ball. We give it to him out wide. Once he gets it under control, away plays the ball back to Regulon. And it's almost like, I don't want the responsibility. I'm getting rid of it to you. And you are there thinking, well, don't give it away now, because you're the bloke we wanted to get on the ball. And now we've got you on the ball. I want you to turn. Go at the fullback, get him in the penalty box, twist and turn, do what um, Mahrez um and Sterling did this weekend, you know. You're either going to cause him problems, could get a penalty, or you'd then end up being able to get a shot away. Every time he gets it lately, he just instantly passed back to Reglon. I don't want I don't want the ball. That's a hot potato. I don't want the responsibility of being the one that has to maybe go, I'm gonna create something ink here. Um And his performance on Sunday was just dreadful, the way he just strolled around the pitch, wasn't really putting much of a burst in to try and cover or get places. And and maybe he's another one who's sitting there thinking, I I just can't see the route forward with this club. But I seriously worry that if we sell one of those two, I think we're in big trouble. Because I I just don't trust the recruitment team to get the right players in who could replace them goals in a season, or that ability, and if you can't replace them, you you are seriously talking about a bottom-half relegation team we've got. Because, as you say, we're not going to get rid of 10 players. We're not going to gut the squad, because Le- Levy won't take bottom dollar. You know, 30 mil for Sissoko, he will be trying to get 20, 25 million for him before he parts company with him. Aurier, he'll probably be trying to get 30 million for him and you're just sitting there going you can't sell players like that because people are going i'll take sissoko off you but for 10 million i'm not paying 25 near enough to 30 mark for that bloke um and that means you can't then bring players in because you you've not got the funds but yeah, do you sell one of them? I don't know. I think that's going to be taken out of our hands, if I'm honest, because I think Kane is going to ask to leave. And I think we will be looking at potentially having to use the money from that sale to try and rebuild the squad. But I'm just not confident it's going to happen because I don't trust the recruitment team. Well, You're looking at all the flops over the years, Bergwijn's, and N'Kudu's, you know, Soldado's. All those players that have been brought in are flops that you sit there and have to say, who saw this guy and what did you see in this bloke? Because there's nothing there, absolutely nothing there. Um, and, and that's what you worry about. That's, you know, lamellas, you know, people like that who've been sitting around for so long now stealing a living Um And you just have to question, could we spend that money wisely? Would we be an attractive enough opposition as well to bring the sort of players in that you'd need to? I don't think so.
2: James, if we stay on the topic of Sun, for me personally, and I know the opposition is always a factor in this, I think it was his worst game in Tottenham colours. The only one that could rival that is when he played left wing-back in that FA Cup semi-final. Is that a fair assessment?
1: 100%, mate. 100%. And, And it might not be... Down to the amount of times he lost the ball, or uh, you know the amount of times he jumped physically jumped out of a tackle, because that that is something that I've I've seen him do. And and in the past, maybe we've let it go because uh, fair enough, he's not going to be the biggest tackler in the world. He, if he's going in with for a fifty fifty, we, we probably don't want him to to you know go over on his ankle and be out for a couple of weeks. Maybe he'll, he'll bowl it, but this is a cup final, and these are you know these are the players who when they leave Tottenham, not if when when they leave Tottenham. They will complain that we, we didn't win things, and the reason I left Tottenham is because I wanted to win things. Well, you've you've had every opportunity to win stuff. You've had you've had you know the, the chances to to, to to get in the Champions League. You've had the chances to uh, to to get a couple well, League Cups by now. We've how many how many semi finals we lost as well? Um, you even had a, had, a, had a a chance at the at the biggest trophy in Europe with with the champions league and you bottled that too so you know you've got to, you can question the, the mentality of the club the mentality of of tottenham hotspur and what it means to play for spurs but at the end of the day these if these guys are going to going to say oh i want to leave to to win things you've had plenty of opportunities and and sonny is, has got you've got to say look at him when is when when is he perform for us in a cup When have any of them performed for us in a cup final but to me, it's it's not just those things. It's not the the things that he he did do. i.e. losing the ball, jumping out tackles? It's what he didn't do. It, it was why why didn't he ever drop a shoulder and, and have a go at Walker? Not not a single time. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, and and the fact that it hasn't just been you know oh Sonny didn't have a very good game. Everyone who watched that game thought there is something wrong with him. What what is wrong with him? Because he he just he, he didn't he looked terrified. The first kick of the ball he had, he played he played was it Sterling? He played Sterling through on through one goal that could have been game over. He looked nervous from the off. But Kyle Walker, he's a he's a very good right back. We'll, we'll give him that a very very good right back. But we have played against Man City before, and he has given give him a game. He's given him a tough time but he, he just didn't, didn't fancy and it. and it's shirking responsibility is, is the only way to say it he he didn't want to he didn't want to take him on and lose the ball he's the kind of player that if he does if he attempts five you know five take ons and he and he only completes you know two two one or two out of the five then you're happy because at least he's he's having a go at his man but he, he it didn't even it didn't happen and 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 it showed you know you take one of one of our well, our, our, arguably our most potent attacking threat. You completely remove him from the game, um, then then we don't look like we're going to score. We never, we never really looked like we were going to score. Um, and I just, I, he he never ever unleashed that left foot at all. It was everything was back inside or back home to, to Regalon. Uh, and he and yeah, he, he he just didn't look at it. And then, do you know what? The waterworks just didn't go down very well with me. Well, him. I was going to ask
2: this question, but carry on.
1: Sorry, Dan, but he, right. just, it just it, that doesn't wash me anymore. It, it, you know, I understand he's an emotional player. He's an emotional guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. But after a performance like that, nah, come on, mate. You you know, it, it's fine to show your emotion. It's fine to be to be annoyed. But if you're going to react like that, you need to have given everything on the pitch. The person who should have been crying should have been Hugo Lloris or Eric Dyer. Or Toby or who, players who put their body on the line to 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 keep the score at nil nil, not the player who who, as I say, jumped out of tack physically jumped out of tackles because he didn't want to get hurt and 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 turned turned us turned us around every time we were on attack. So I you know I, I don't know whether it was just a an attempt to at kind of saving some face, show, trying to show us that, that he cares about the club. Um, but if you, you know, if you're going to show us that you care about the club, do it with your feet, do it on the pitch. Don't do it with your with your blobbing eyes afterwards, because because that, you know, it it just didn't wash for me.
2: Well, I was going to ask the exact same question to Patrick, and to be honest, I was of the same sort of viewpoint. Yes, it's great that we have passionate players, and Son is known for crying, and I'm not saying you can't cry because there's nothing wrong with that. But as James rightly says, you have to perform to a certain degree to at least. Express such emotion, Patrick. That was kind of a nothing game and far too much emotion thereafter,
3: yeah, I was so pissed off when I saw him crying because i 'm just like here we go again, and it's like obviously all the water works and you know feeling sorry for yourself, but you you should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourself to be honest. That was such a poor performance, and um you know we all credit Sonny for being world class and he's been you know one of the better performers in the Premier League for the first half of the season. But if you were looking at that game and you didn't know anybody, you know, you didn't know names, you were just watching players, you would have said Marvis was the world-class winger. Like Marvis completely showed Sonny up. Marvis was getting the ball, cutting inside, causing problems, taking on shots, doing everything you would expect Son to do. And it's quite strange because Son has performed against Man City before. When we didn't have Kane and we knocked him out of the Champions League um, quarterfinals, yes, we had a bit of luck on our side, but Son scored, I think, three goals in two games, Uh, he's also scored goals against Man City so it's not as if to say the opposition there is you know they can't be beaten and we can't do or Son can't attack them and and do things he's done it before but he's looked off for about a month maybe even six weeks something's not quite right I know he got the winner from the penalty spot against Southampton but he's not looked the same player I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes obviously the contract talk's completely dried up we're not hearing anything of that anymore Uh, you know and After the season, I think he's only got a year left on his contract, right? Maybe one or two years. So that's a big concern, uh, considering his form and and basically how he's looking on the pitch at the moment. He looks quite despondent. He doesn't really look at it. So, yeah, it really pissed me off when he was crying afterwards, because imagine how we feel as fans. (laughs) The amount of quarterfinals, semifinals and finals we've been to, and these guys have let us down time after time. And, you know, obviously you never want to see one of your players upset and and in, in that, you know, state, but to be fair it didn't really go down with me as well because I just didn't see enough on the pitch for, for uh, to warrant that so yeah you know I'm I'm so pissed off because obviously we weren't favorites no one expect, no one really expected us to win that game but as the game grew I started to believe, well, I believed from the beginning, to be honest, I thought we were going to win as a Spurs fan and the fact that the year ends in one and, you know, it was like, I, I was just thinking to myself at some point, we have to break this curse and end the stock and, uh, you know, as the game grew on, I think at the 75th minute, I thought, you know what, we've got this. We've kept a clean sheet for this long. You know, they, they're, they're starting to worry now because nothing's going right for them. All we need is one good chance. But then, obviously, after Suzoko just did what he did and Laporte got the jump on him, it was game over. And Once they scored, I, I knew we weren't getting back into the game. But, yeah, it's just, um, you know, collective. I mean, yeah, how Son's felt is how I've been feeling for the last four or five years, to be fair. <laughs>
2: Carl, stay on the topic of Sun. One more question, and obviously the contract we've just touched on there. Whether that's an issue for yesterday, I don't know. But do you reckon he's now having a bit of, should we say, cold feet, all the sort of managerial upheaval. You know, it might be a new face that doesn't take to Sun or, you know, there's a partnership that isn't really there. 12 months from now, he's set out a contract. I think it's 23 that he expires. But if we're having this discussion in 12 months' time and Penn still isn't put to paper, it does get a bit nervy, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, because, you know, I think the problem is with with these sort of players like Son and that is you are sitting there thinking. I think the ultimate reality is they will be sitting there thinking, can this club match my ambition and potentially bring me what I need? And because right now I'm hot. If you like, if you look at the season Son's had with his goals and everything, there will be big clubs eyeing him up, thinking, well, yeah, we'd like to bring those goals to our club. Um, Because, you know, he is a good player. Um, So maybe, you know, I'm sure these players probably get to a point where they just think, you know, they're a bit like us, aren't they? I think they probably get to a point where they think, I'm tired. Um, I'm, I'm giving my everything most weeks. And I'm actually seeing a club that just don't obviously clearly have the ambition, you know, and and are probably not going to ever do what it needs to do to get over the line while it's got these current owners on board. So I think the players must be sitting there thinking, "Hmm, you know, I, I want to achieve things because... Anybody that says the players don't want to achieve things, they all do. All those players want to win things and be able to look back and go, yeah, you know, I had a great career. Look at what I won, scored some goals, won some trophies. And I think any decent player in this Spurs team right now is going to be sitting there thinking, can this club win anything? And are they close to winning anything? And the bottom line is we're light years away from winning anything So they'll be sitting there thinking, this isn't just bringing two players and we suddenly can turn this round and be winning things. This this needs six, seven, eight players to come in, and that ain't happening. Um, So this could be years before I get anything. So I think someone like Son will be sitting there thinking, maybe I don't jump just yet and I don't put pen to paper and I'll just hold fire. See who the next manager now gets brought in is. Um, See what the ambition of the club is. And then I'll make my decision. If they suddenly bring some new guy in and the summer is full of transfer activity and we make the right moves and we bring players in who can have an impact, then they might go, oh, okay. Sonny might go, yeah, okay, this could be good. If he sees the same sort of transfer window as we normally have and the manager that gets brought in, you sort of think, well, this is not a bloke who's going to take you places then I think he might be sitting there thinking maybe my time's done. I've done a good few years here now. Um, I've got myself, if you like, in the spotlight and I'm at the top of my game. And now might be the time that I have to make the move. Um, So I do think, yeah, we will start to worry. um, and, And I wouldn't blame none of those players right now. If I'm Son sitting there thinking... Mm, do I really want to put pen to paper? I would be seriously having a sit down and thinking, can this club be where I want to be? And can I win anything with this club? And I'm afraid my answer would be, you're not going to. Um, it's the same answer we've had all over the years with Sharon and when he left. You know, I think there comes a point where people and family members must be saying, listen, I know you love this club. But you ain't winning nothing at this club. You know, as much as you love it, you ain't winning anything at this club because it's not going to be, it's not set up to win things. So you really need to make a decision of what you want to do. And when you're at the top of the game, that's when you need to make the decision and make the move. So I wouldn't be surprised if Son just puts the delays on and the breaks just to see what's going to go on next.
2: Well, the cards are certainly in his favour. James. Obviously, that's one of our crown jewels, shall we say. We need to talk about another, and arguably the elephant in the room for yesterday, that being Harry Kane. Yes, he played, but if we're honest, very little in terms of output. So, is this once again the difference between being fit and Harry Kane in a final levels of fit?
1: Ah, oh, déjà vu. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's uh, grass is always greener to me. I think similarly to the Champions League final if uh, if Harry doesn't start then there's a lot of upset people um, there's a lot of people who don't understand it um, but let's face it he didn't look fit uh, whether he, you know whether it was down to fitness or whether he just didn't show up um, I, I can't can't quite put my finger on it um, I'll say the same thing that like I said after the Champions League final I think it changes the whole team if Harry's on the bench. And they know he's coming. If, if you know, if, if we manage to keep it to nil-nil to that 60th minute mark, we know. Let's face it: with Harry on the pitch or Harry off the pitch, it probably wouldn't have been much different. And then, when that 60th minute comes and Harry comes on for the last half an hour, Man City defenders are panicking. You know, all eyes are on, are on Harry, and, and we get a lift. Um, but it's it's a very very difficult ask. Because for especially Ryan Mason um, to not pick Harry Kane going into that game takes huge, huge balls, and I, I, it's just a it's not not ever going to happen. It was never going to happen. Same as a Champions League final. If he's twenty percent fit, he's in the team. Um, it, it might not be what we what we what we agree with, um, but it, it is it is what's going to happen. Uh, if, again dan i 'm not i 'm not really sure whether it was his fitness that was the issue um because he always kind of carries the ball in a in a kind of strange way, but he he just looked hesitant again and I think everyone looked hesitant on the ball he's the one player that i've you know i've 've seen him score penalties at world cups and and like it like it was nothing, but he looked like the occasion got to him as well I think there's a lot of passes that he would have made uh you know just off the cuff in the Premier League, wouldn't wouldn't have thought twice about it, but he didn't. He, you know, he hesitated. Uh, I think if you got a look at that Hoiberg chance, I think if that's the Premier League, he's he's sent that ball. He's he's backed himself and he and he's he's put that ball ahead of Hoiberg where where he might have been able to do something different with it. Um, but he hesitated and he held on and he held on, and and the chance kind of obviously the chance went the way the chance went, but. In terms of his fitness, I'm not sure whether that was to blame. I think I think maybe the occasion got to him a little bit as well. Um, but whether whether you would have started him or not, uh, it doesn't really come into question because if he's 50% fit, the reality is he, he's gonna he's gonna be in that starting eleven, whether whether you like it or not. And we saw that in the Champions League final. We saw it again yesterday.
2: Well, this is it, Patrick. It's an impossible situation for Ryan Mason to deal with, even a senior manager of his vintage of 40 years would be sort of thinking, God, this is a dilemma. I think Kane's going to have to start. I mean, you can hardly even blame the player because if anyone deserves another Wembley run out, it is he. So you're down if you do and you're down if you don't really, aren't you?
3: Yeah, but to be fair, uh, and I know this is going to sound controversial,
0: oh.
3: <laughs> it really pissed me off when I saw that Kane was fit to start because I was like, oh, here we go again. It's literally the 2019 Champions League final uh, in repeat. And I would have rather he was honest with himself and honest with the lads and said, you know what, lads, I'm not fit and ready to start. Put me on the bench at best and you guys go out and do your bit. And then like um, like James was saying, if Man City see Kane warming up on the 65th minute, they start shitting themselves. they would be so scared and petrified. And then them paying all that attention to Kane leaves Bale or leaves Son or leaves uh, Mora basically with a bit, bit of space and that's all they need at this level. And to be fair as well, I think Ryan Mason, he got a lot of things wrong yesterday. The fact that Gareth Bale didn't start was really, that baffled me. I didn't understand it at all. Gareth Bale has done it all at the highest level many a time. And he's one of our star players and our flair players. And, uh, you know, all Gareth Bale needs is a chance. Even when he's not playing well, like against the Southamptons or whoever, Bale has it in him to always score out of nothing. So the fact that Bale didn't start yesterday, that, I didn't understand it. In in a cup final, when you only you know you're not going to get much of the ball, or you know you need a bit of magic. Bale's done it for Real Madrid time and time again. Why didn't he start yesterday? That that really confused me, especially when Bale scored the game before. Yeah, so it's a bit of a baffling um, decision for me. And yeah, I would have rather Kane just said, you know what, let me take one for the team and, and sit out, and then we can obviously play Son, Bale, and uh, and Lucas, and, and we can go for it because. The first half, he was a passenger. I know he came into the game a bit in the second half. Uh, He started to, you know, drop deep, dictate, uh, bring people into play. I don't think we saw uh, Kane even have a shot on goal, which again... It's not all down to Kane and even down to some because none of our midfielders created anything for them, none of our wing backs created anything for them. So they have to lay, you know, take some of the responsibility. But yeah, this is two finals in a row where Kane has been a bit selfish and I think he's fought, put himself first instead of the the team, the greater good. Which you know, at the end of the day, you're a team player. And to be fair, if you're not 100, percent be honest with yourself and let the other guys, you know, do the do what they need to do. Because we have won games without Kane before. So, yeah, that's 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 my take on it. Well,
2: it's a very good take, and I'm going to throw it over to Cole. So, Harry Kane is probably the one player you'd never consider to have an ego, shall we say. But has his ego, in inverted commas, got in the way of that greater good that Patrick has just mentioned?
0: No, I mean, I mean for, for me, Kane, Kane had to start. I think if we had any chance, I think if, if he was fit enough, then I think we had to start him. You know, I don't think the debate, the same debate was there, like the Champions League final, um, where you obviously you had more who'd just come off that hat-trick, was flying, given that. And, you know, the story that was around that. And obviously Kane probably was, you know, had come back from a big injury at that point. Um, I think this one, I get the impression, although he went off with the ankle, I think he was probably good enough to play. I think the biggest problem was you just we just didn't get the ball anywhere near him enough to be able to be effective. You know, we just were a non-entity in terms of going forward. And the bloke just basically spent most of the game running between two centre-halves, passing it round him. And he was still effective. You know, he still made good passes. He still managed to hold the ball up when he did. Um, I did. The, Kane wasn't the problem yesterday, I just don't think. You know, it was the players around him, you know, it's the defenders in the midfield that just aren't good enough to be able to create the sort of opportunities or give the kind of possession that Kane needs to be able to take advantage of that. Um, chasing shadows all game. And I think, you know, when he, you know, there were opportunities where he did get the ball in and, and he did the right things and he, and he He looked good. I think you've got to remember as well, when you consider Sonny's performance, we know that that ball is what Kane's looking for, is that, you know, he gets it and he wants to see Son. But when you've not got Son making runs to try and get through and you're then sitting there thinking, well, the way this guy is playing today, there's no point passing to him because he's not going to do anything with it. I don't think Kane was the issue, to be honest, in that final Um I think he was probably fit enough. I I don't think there were any issues. He he didn't look like, you know, the Champions League final, he looked sluggish, didn't he? You could see there was a player that wasn't, what didn't seem to be on the, on the ball fitness wise. I felt he seemed to be moving okay. But, I'd like say the biggest problem was the fact when you've not got any midfielders who can get the ball to you or create chances, you've not got wide men that can hold it up enough and suddenly be you know, dangerous enough just for you to go forward and do anything in, in dangerous positions. Then I think any striker would have struggled in our team on the weekend.
2: James, Gareth Bale's just been mentioned. He didn't start, obviously. Does that mean he's still not fit enough to play two 90 minutes in the same week?
1: um I, I don't think it's that um i think it was just uh it was obviously just, just a, a choice of selection um I, I i would have started him um personally i think he, he's obviously the man for the big occasion uh and yeah I, I i would have given him the nod that's that's my preference personally um i'm not sure whether it comes down to fitness hes he's obviously had a he's had a long time to to work on that uh i don't think he's he's had you know another big injury setback that, that I can remember. Um but you know it yeah it, it maybe it was a bit of a bit, could have planned ahead, maybe giving him a bit of a rest. But I I, I think obviously Mason just made that, that tactical um that tactical choice that, that Bayer wasn't gonna start probably because he, he wouldn't have been able to, to cover you know to cover full backs uh, in the way that, that like Lucas um maybe could have. Uh and look let's let's not take away from Lucas. I think he had a really, really good game. Um uh, you know, he probably is a completely different player to to Bale, especially when he plays um, that right wing role. He's 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 coming through the middle a lot more. Uh, but but to me, I'm not sure if if it's a question mark over Bale's fitness at all. I think it was down to tactical preference and uh, and and let's face it. Look, he 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 didn't really get get much uh, get much of a chance when he came onto the pitch anyway because we were we were so penned back. Our, our problems weren't necessarily. Um, what was going wrong in the final third because we because we never really got there. So I think the the you know if we're gonna talk about a tactic it should have been that, that we had no one who could who could get the ball from the back and, and, and move it move it out through midfield. But that you know that's that's just, just one take. Um, a lot of things went wrong. Uh, and, and and to me it, we just we just made all the wrong decisions on the day um and and, and whether whether bail had started Um, whether whether he played the bit part that he did play I'm not sure whether he would have got much of a sniff anyway
2: yeah I think that's a very valid point actually I think we were sort of down from the start really I mean even our defence yes they played well but they made so many issues for themselves that they then had to dig themselves out it's kind of had you not made those issues in the first place and got the ball forward the balance of the game could have been much different but it is what it is Patrick one last note on a relatively happy note I guess Good to see fans in attendance. May have only been two thousand, but in great voice. And I think that helped the occasion, if anything. If it, it made the game more engaging to watch. So I guess it's good that a bit of normality is returning to stadia on the whole.
3: Yeah, it was brilliant to hear the, you know, to hear the fans, you know, singing. Uh it was nice to hear that. I think it gave the players a bit of a lift as well. Yeah. And you know, I know you saw on um, a lot of the people's um social media posts today, I say people's, Harry Kane's and Toby's um, uh, social media posts, they both noted uh, and congratulated the fans and said, you know, you being in attendance was great. It was great to have you there. So it was really nice to hear and see. Uh, obviously, when they did the takes of the fans um, singing and uh, I hate to say it, when you saw the Man City fans celebrating, at least you saw some sort of normality and it gave you the the, the vibes that hopefully next year we can all be there. Well, they're talking about the last game of the season, aren't they? Uh fans being in the stadium. Uh so um hopefully, you know, that's a case where we can have a lot more fans in than just your two thousand, which I think it was two thousand per team and then two thousand of the other uh people there from the, you know, NHS and, and the local guys and stuff like that. But yeah, um great to see the fans there. So a shame they couldn't celebrate, you know, on our side properly, but at least going forward we hope that this will be the start of you know, some sort of normality for us guys getting back in there as well.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, the penultimate game of the season is our last home game of the season and they are being shifted forward, so is it it back, over the other side of the weekend to a Monday or Tuesday so fans can be permitted after the second phase of the roadmap opens up, if that makes sense. So 10,000 fans should be in attendance at Spurs for our final home game of the season. Whether that leads to a big protest, I don't know. And that's a topic we'll discuss on another show I also thought the image of players collecting their own runners-up medals was rather bleak, especially as there was cans of Carabao next to it and no one took a complimentary can of Carabao. but again, it is what it is. And I think that is pretty much full-time. So everyone's had a lovely rant. I hope you've had a bit of therapy on the other side of this studio as well because we've uh, certainly deserved it, but unfortunately there's no silverware to discuss on tonight's show. But I need to do the admin and thank my three fantastic pod squad members. Patrick, a top performance tonight, mate. Thank you for your time as always.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Um, everyone jump on the Views TV official uh, YouTube and Twitter account to catch me on there and catch my pods. But, yeah, guys, thank you. It's always a pleasure.
1: Um, yeah, so thanks once again for having me on this week.
2: Top man. James, sterling return to form this evening. Thanks for joining me once more.
1: Yeah, very therapeutic. Good to have a moan
2: with, with the guys. Um, thanks again for having us, Dan. Nice one. Not a problem. And, Cole, thank you for running the channels this evening and wearing the captain's armband, as always.
0: No worries Dan, um, say, always, always good therapy and you know who knows what happens from here.
2: Well I was going to offer predictions but then the Sheffield United game clashes with the start of line of duty and there's no way I'm missing line of duty so <laughs> you can sod off Spurs for a week, <laughs> I'm not even joking. So on that note it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy and as always, come on you Spurs!
0: For Spurs fans everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Koiz app now from the App Store and Google Play.